0: So I was concerned about um, too much zest on the on the crack here, so uh, I'll take some of that. Too much
1: zest on the crack. I'm not sure what the f- this is. I'm about to find out. This is Tall Can Audio TCA episode 944 on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio. Give us a follow there. We we like to hear what you think when you agree with us. Not so much when you don't. Matt over here, Rob over there. What's going on today, man?
0: We call that the anonymous tweet unsigned or the email or the message.
1: Yeah. Just call it the stupid tweet usually if disagree. I'm, I'm going
0: gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to shoot you what I think you need to know. Right. But it's anonymous. Anonymous. Um, yep. Yep. The, the less famous of the <laughs> Western free fighters. <laughs> um, <laughs> anonymous. Uh, not much, man. Right. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a midweek happening here. I, I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait a full week in between. Well, there's just so much happening. Right. Right. I wanted to check in.
1: Well, we couldn't find somebody for the guest slot this <laughs> week.
0: <laughs> there was nobody better.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. It's been a while since, uh, since you've done the Thursday morning one, you've been the, I was going to say the anchor, but that could be taken in many ways on the, uh, on the Monday morning. Yeah, the
0: Jane, than dragon behind.
1: On the uh, the flagship on Monday morning, but uh, yeah, there was lots to get to here this week. So it's so Rob's back. Rob's got beer. Rob's got special beer by by all accounts.
0: A little a little LSG drop off. Okay. Um. Yeah. Well, and I know especially throughout the uh, the bulk of the pandemic, you know, we, uh, Michaela was holding down this spot. Yep. And uh, she was always quite concerned about can't overindulge on a midweek. Right. So.
1: She's a little different than us.
0: In, in her honor, I've gone with the Ultra today, yeah. <laughs> or maybe that's Maddie Lang. I'm not entirely sure.
1: Yeah. She occasionally would hit the, uh, the athletic
0: yeah, non- brewing
1: company, non-alcoholic, yeah. uh, to each their own, I suppose.
0: Yeah. So it's actually, I'm going with the Twist Shandy. <laughs> <laughs> Solid twist. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. I've, I've got something called the North Shore, New England style IPA from Kitchissippi.
1: Okay. Mm.
0: Okay. Well, I, to be honest with you, that may be on me because <laughs> I didn't want to give it when I was here on uh, Sunday, last Sunday. Right. I had a couple of beers in the in my backpack, <laughs> cracked open the Imperial guy and it just <laughs> went. <laughs> and I was like, all right. <laughs> so I was concerned about, um, you know. Too much zest on the, on the crack here, so uh, I'll take some of that.
1: Too much <laughs> zest on the crack. I always worry when uh, I have to decide after the fact to use the music that we used coming into this show. We have a couple different intro clips that we use or, or, uh, or songs, obviously. This one creates pressure when you use it live because there's all that space up front where you have to drop a good line in from the episode. And so you got to make sure you're feeling good, like something's going to come and... Well, zest on the crack's going to work, I think. Too <laughs> much zest on the crack. Yes, for sure.
0: Uh, that is a, um, well, what do you got going on over there? Yeah, first I think thing? it's just. Oh, that's nice. Yeah,
1: for sure. This is, uh, this is one I've had before, but uh, I, I was feeling it today. I, I knew I had a couple in the fridge. It's what I was looking for. This is the peanut butter Godiva from Five Paddles, um, who I mentioned, you know, over the course of 2021, they had sort of become one of my, one of my favorite breweries, right? There were all kinds of, uh, experiments they were running with their stout as the base. And, and this is one of them. So, uh, it's got obviously peanut butter, chocolate. It says a little chicory. We'll see what that's all about. Uh, I've never noticed that before. I have had this one before. It's an 8.5% though. So no Michelobo ultra over here for, uh, fuck it on a, on a midweek show, right?
0: Yeah. So this is a 6.9 as well. So, uh, we are punching it up Mm -hmm. now to me. If you you want to know how this tastes, I would suggest to you, this is very much like a sun split
1: from Dominion city. It's a nice beer.
0: It is very nice beer. Yeah. So, uh, North Shore, Kitchissippi, New England style IPA, 6.9, little hoppy, hop forward. I think the beer heads like to say. Yes. So if you like that, a little bit of a citrus kiss on the back end.
1: All right. It's going to be one of these, uh, <laughs> that was me. I, I, I wish I was more mature, but here we are. Oh, I,
0: I think that's what makes us uh, a <laughs> hand in glove right here on this show, my friend. Um, so Rob, wait, the peanut butter Godiva. Uh-huh. It's a stout. Is that what did you say? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I missed that part. I just got the, the I don't think
1: I said that part, but yeah, it's a, it is a stout and like I said, 8.5%. So it's, uh, it's punching it up a little bit too, but tons of, of peanut butter flavor to it. Probably more than anything else. Like you're, it says peanut butter and chocolate and chicory, all this stuff, but. Chicory. It's, it's peanut butter all
0: day. Is, is chicory not like the filler shit that Tim Hortons uses in their coffee? Yeah. Okay. I think so. All right. <laughs> well then there you go, man. Good on you. If you're not getting any of that.
1: Uh, the week of the, cause Rob's not going to be here every Thursday. We're, we'll get back to some guests here for you guys and maybe we'll, we'll see. Uh, we are slowly. It seems getting back to a more normal world, right? Mm. And that would be that would be ideal. Um, the Welcome. Ford, the Ford government has put the pedal down on on their pace of doing it, but uh, yeah, Coleman. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what that looks like. Um, but we do have a couple interesting guests coming up. The week of the twenty third, I believe, is the day we'll uh, we'll release this. Is uh, stand up comedian John Wing, who I've uh, I've liked for quite some time. I'm not sure how many people are, are familiar with him, but also. Big leaf guy. And so uh, we'll talk about his career. And He's got a book coming out this summer, so we're going to talk to him a little That's bit about that.
0: That's where all that. the laughs come
1: from. We'll, uh, <laughs> yes, for sure. Uh, so he'll be on, I believe it's the, the 30th, or no, the 23rd, I said. And on the week of the 30th, uh, I'm excited about this one. Michael Barclay is going to be here. And for those not familiar with that name, great Canadian writer covering, uh, he's got a couple books out already covering different elements of Canadian music. And uh, he is the man who wrote the definitive history on Gord Downie and the Tragically Hip. Uh, That came out in 2018. It was called The NeverEnding Present. Um, Just a fantastic read if you're into that band at all. Also the co-author of Have Not Been the Same, The Can Rock Renaissance of 1985 to 1995. Uh, So you can see he's big into kind of covering the history of Canadian music. This one will be no different. It's called Hearts on Fire. Six years that changed Canadian music, 2000 to 2005. So you can see we're talking about bands like Arcade Fire and Nickelback and Alexis on Fire and Feist. And we're laying the groundwork for people like Drake here, right, in this sort of time span. And it's not just about rock, obviously, right? It's it's Canadian music across the board and, um, I'm really excited to get a chance to talk to him. Nobody knows more about the, uh, the Canadian music scene and, uh, this one, the new one, Hearts on Fire comes out in late April. We'll make sure all the links go up everywhere that they're supposed to go up, uh, when it's time to check that out. But this is going to be great, man. I'm looking forward to having a chance to talk with him. I know you're a little bit more of a nineties rock guy than a two thousands rock guy. Um, but this will be fun, man. And, you know, when we, uh, we start to think about this era of music in in Canadian music. Uh I'm not sure what comes to your mind first, but uh
0: little age of electric.
1: There you go. I want to hear about gob. Gob is a gob little gob treble charger, maybe. Treble charger, <laughs> yeah, see. All of that yeah, uh, we've talked before on the show. You you got a better handle on some of the uh the tea party or uh yeah, big B- wreck. Oh <laughs>
0: big wreck. Super loud, man. Yeah. Seeing them live at the Congress Center here. Right. Woo, I don't know if I've seen a louder a louder <laughs> show than that. Maybe maybe Skid Row.
1: Okay, sure.
0: But you know.
1: What's your uh your go-to Canadian 90s band? You only get one.
0: Soundgarden. Canadian. <laughs> I know I heard it. Yeah, okay. I, I don't really have one. Really? I don't. To, all to all be right. honest with you. All right. Um a Little Sloan? No. Nah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. I I, Sloan is one of those bands where I go, I hate that shit. Hmm. And then you hear it and you're like, oh, I don't mind it. Yeah. You kind of toe tap along. It's like along. Van Morrison's Brown Eyed Girl, right? You're like, ah.
1: Yeah. Actually, but that's then, a great example.
0: Well, and really all it is, is I've heard it too much.
1: Yep. There is a bunch of that. And some of that's CanCon, right? The radio up here is forced to play too uh, much.
0: Uh, OLP, I think a little Our Lady piece. I got time
1: for that. For I have, sure. I have
0: a bit of time. Some of the, his, his voice. Some 41. Uh, I know now
1: we're drifting into that pop punk stuff you don't yeah, like. And,
0: less, less on that. <laughs> yeah. Although I I do like Fat Lip or whatever that <laughs> yep. is. Um, but trashed yeah. my
1: own house party because yeah, nobody came.
0: Exactly. Um, <laughs> relatable. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody said my mom should have had an abortion. That's the, that's the lyric. And then just out. hammering it, remember, because it
1: echoes, portion,
0: portion. <laughs> portion yeah, exactly. I um, right, Got it. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, moist, I think all in that sort of. Yeah. Um, Biff sh- naked. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There was some stuff. I uh, I'm trying to think of the. I'm trying to think of the band that came up. Rusty. Okay. Yeah. Rusty. I I, <laughs> I went in for a little rusty for a bit there too.
1: Nice man. So that'll be good. Michael Barclay. Uh, the week of the thirtieth. Look forward to that. Okay. Um, I'm,
0: I'm, you now you've hooked me here. Now yeah, that we there's lots there, man. There's meat
1: a, on the bone for That's sure. There's just...
0: lots there. What well, if you remember, sort of my having been on Twitter since 2015, the beginning of the pandemic, I can't remember who it was that an NBA writer or tweet, a guy. Eric
1: Corrine, I believe it was.
0: Yeah, who had the 90s Canadian rock bracket.
1: (laughs) Yes. It was awesome. It was, man.
0: The odds. Yep. There's another one, man. I had big, I was pushing the odds hard. Right
1: now I'm in a, I'm following along with one uh, that is, Hockey, all-time hockey tweets. There's a media division. There was a there's one where where Mark Spector and he's this is a one-seed is suggesting that maybe Valerie Natchushkin is a player that the Oilers need ahead of Dreisaitl. and You're just like, oh <laughs> like and so that's the type of stuff. So there's fans, there's a player division. The player div or the player uh you know, what do they call them? The quadrants of your bracket, right? The, yep. So that division, a lot of them are stuff that players tweeted before they were NHLers. Oh. And uh, so one is like Charlie McAvoy. It's like, I hate the Bruins so much. Or whatever. (laughs) Uh, Taylor Hall is, I failed my boater's license test again. I just want to drive my boat or something like that. This is before he's a player, I believe. So I don't know. There's some good stuff. Obviously, Brad Marchand is in there just from like this year where he's roasting the Hurricanes Oh,
0: but how about, how about, I meant to bring that up when he was saying they're making the, um, oh Christ. (laughs) The guy who was comparing the, 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 a Carolina reporter was comparing to Marchand and he said, what are you, you calling me a, you calling me a rat? Right. Who is that guy? He was a former Panther, came over.
1: I don't know. Uh,
0: (laughs) Anyways. and, And so. Marshand came back and said, "That's like comparing a, a you know a Prius to a Lamborghini." Yes. And then after the next, like two days later, Carolina smoked Boston Seven Zip, mm-hmm. and and Carolina the Carolina media guys tweeted back saying, "The L stands yeah. for Lamborghini," <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which I thought
1: was gold. Yeah, they had a couple. They've had a couple of good back and forth between Marshand and the. um, and the Hurricanes public Twitter account there. Yeah, because I think it was the one that he... I think this is where he replied to, and after that, the L is for Lamborghini. I think he just said, whatever, your team is still the reason we're paying whatever in escrow. <laughs> whatever percent in escrow. Right? Like, like you guys make no fucking money at all. So, uh, anyway, and that one's been fun, and <laughs> you, you got to... You know spend way too much time on hockey twitter to to recognize some of these, but they're having a good time with it, and we'll share the link if people want to get in on. It. I think we're off to round two now, but by far and away, the one that seems to have be running away with things and and be the most well known is a guy um, th- his Twitter handle is acting the Fuleiman, which obviously dates back to Nikolai Kuliman for the Leafs and <laughs> uh he won tweeted out like four or five years ago, it was just like. Every time you see the Penguins play, it's like Crosby centering two guys you've never heard of, Mark Donk and Buzz Flibbit, like just two names he's made up. You check DB, and they both have 50 points. You're just like, what the hell is going on? And uh, for whatever reason, it, it's caught on. You see all kinds of like reporters use it now and whatever, like whoever is having the, like Michael Bunting this year is is Mark Donk, right? Like just a guy who was nothing and then all of a sudden... And the
0: flibbit guy (laughs) has got to be Pascal Dupuis.
1: (laughs) Exactly, Buzz so Uh, We're having a good time with that one on Hockey Twitter right now anyway, man. uh, Why don't we talk a little bit uh, about Alex Ovechkin? We're going to talk about the NFL here in a bit. As we sit here right now, also there's scattered reports all over the place that the players and, and owners in baseball are close. Maybe they're not close, it's just as we sit here right now, there's not a whole lot to say other than if they don't get a deal done here on Wednesday, they're going to slash a bunch more games off the, the schedule and and getting 162 in will be uh, be off the table. So um, we won't get too much into that just because it, it hasn't been settled and it probably will be by the time this is released. But the Capitals right now on a bit of a, a trek through Alberta, they do it once a year. They just played the Flames and, and beat them. Uh, Ovechkin scores uh, an empty netter to move past or to tie. tie tie tied Yarmur Yager for third all time in goals uh, in the NHL he's playing Edmonton tonight, I believe mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's been an interesting trip in terms of how he was going to be received. The capitals had come out ahead of everybody and said we're not making him available to the media on this trip um I was. That's all, of course, in, in relation to his stance on Vladimir Putin and, and the Russian invasion of Ukraine, everything that's going on there. I did see just before I hand this to you one tweet today that made me laugh. Apparently, it's an old Russian joke that goes around that this Russian guy walks into a convenience store every morning, buys a newspaper, looks at the front page, throws it in the garbage buys a newspaper, looks at the front page, throws it in the garbage. Eventually the guy behind the counter says to him, why do you do that? You're making me crazy. Like, what's the point? He goes, I'm looking at the obituaries. And he goes, the obituaries aren't on the front page. He goes, oh, the one I'm looking for will be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go. What do you make of, uh, of what's gone on with the Capitals trek through Calgary thus far and and the reception Ovechkin's getting?
0: Yeah, well, and, and, uh, I'm really interested in, uh, in what happens in Edmonton, it has a large Ukrainian population. Yep. I know we talk about, uh, Canada having the largest Ukrainian diaspora outside of Ukraine or, or Russia. Mm -hmm. Um, and the largest by population in Edmonton. And so, uh, I, they're, they're going to fire up the, uh, Ukrainian choir pre-match. Uh so uh and So
1: Calgary's done that already not during the Capitals game right. I believe. And, and
0: the Caps media or public relations apparently asked them hey can you can you chill on that for now? And apparently No fuck uh, you. But apparently at Calgary uh, yeah, I asked, know. Yeah. Edmonton I believe is not going to. Good. So um yeah, almost 12% of the population of Edmonton can trace their roots back to some form of Ukrainian wow. connection. So Um, yeah, I hope he gets it. I hope they give it to him and it it can't be super comfortable, right? To, well, we've covered
1: this before, right? Like, I don't think either one of us believe that every Russian, like Dominic Hasek came out and said, Russians should all be suspended from the NHL. I don't think either of us are buying that. I don't even think, and I won't speak for you. I don't believe every Russian player should have to keep every day the media coming to them and saying, Hey, this bit of news. Hey, what do you think of Putin said this? Hey, what do you, I don't believe that. But I do believe that if still, after all this, Alex Ovechkin is running a profile picture on Instagram of him with Putin. Yeah, you get to keep being asked about it, man. Like, apparently you're tight with this guy and you're supporting him. You should have to hear it.
0: Yeah, Uh, I agree with you 100%. Uh, Ivan Provorov, you get a free pass. Artem Zub. Not a free pass, but you don't <laughs> certainly have to represent the entire Russian no. state.
1: You're just a guy.
0: Yeah. And so does somebody, I I, I think it's, I, in my opinion, it's okay to ask Ivan Provorov, how is, you know, what are your thoughts on it? How, yeah, maybe the
1: first day, right? Yeah, do you or, have any concern
0: about your family? You know, sure. I don't think you need to be on the blower for the, the you know, all that the Russians have done.
1: But it's yeah. like whenever something racist happens in the NHL, every, all seven or whatever it is, black players in the NHL are now the ones who have to be asked, how does that make you feel? How does that, what it, you know what? Like it did make me feel better if I didn't have to keep answering for other people's ignorance. It would make sure. me feel
0: better <laughs> if I got to punch that guy in the face. <laughs> right,
1: probably. Um, Zadorov in Calgary put out an Instagram post uh, basically condemning it, right? And, and just saying he wanted... Yeah. peace. Like he wanted the war to stop or whatever. Right. I don't think that guy has to keep getting beat over the head with this. And no,
0: But he also didn't campaign publicly.
1: That's what I'm saying.
0: For years for the man. And again, I agree on the yeah. Instagram.
1: Ovechkin, if you want to be left alone, start there, man. That picture comes down, right? At least it's uh even as on the surface or as. Put
0: up a caps logo or put up the number eight.
1: Anything. Like. But you with Putin, as long as that's up there, you're, you're Thumbing your nose at everybody You are saying yeah I support this guy Well then And the, uh, the worst part about it man He's the captain How long are you going to keep saying nope He's not coming out to answer questions Say, Nope he won't be made available to the media Yeah, You're the captain man that's your job And so if you're going to keep hiding And the caps are going to keep al- Maybe the sea comes off for a while Maybe Oshie's the captain Maybe Carlson's the captain for a bit Because you're not Kuznetsov's my pick <laughs> Right back in the same boat, I'm sure. Backstrom, I don't know, man. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I do. This is part of the gig, not just as a superstar, but as the captain of the team. When you go out on these road trips, you're supposed to speak to the goddamn media, and the the team's hiding him. It's bullshit.
0: Does it make you feel differently about him? Maybe breaking Gretzky's record.
1: I was going to ask you. It absolutely does. I we were. We've talked about this on the show for a couple of years now. Is this going to happen? Is this possible? You know, is it in reach? It looks like it's getting more and more? I have because I, I've referenced this guy a couple of times on the podcast. Someone I follow his name is named Slava Malamud. He's since 2014, he was banned as a, he was a he covered the NHL for a Russian outlet, and eventually because he kept asking Ovechkin about his ties to Putin and all these sorts of things the capitals media stepped up and banned him from the building, cost him his job. And, uh, so he obviously has a bit of a vendetta, a vendetta, but he also now gets to stand up and go, I told you, I told you that's where this guy stood. So I've been reading him for quite a while. Um, and I sort of wrote it off like, all right, I do value your opinion. Cause he, he talks about some interesting stuff in Russian hockey and, mm-hmm and stuff like that. But when he talks about Ovechkin and Putin, I would typically just go, yeah, okay, I you've got a personal Ax- slant there and right. Reminding. Right. And I'd leave it alone. And now, you know, you kind of go, oh shit. He was right all along. And he's been banging this drum for a long time saying you can't be this excited about this being the guy that might break Gretzky's record. And now I'm absolutely there. And again, even if at the beginning of this, when the invasion happens, even if I still deep down know this guy likes Putin, supports Putin, is fine with all of this, if he takes down the profile picture, if he makes a statement that at least instead of just generally saying I don't like war, saying, no, this war is bad, I would at least go, all right, like you did the PR thing, lots of athletes are assholes, yeah. fine, right? And
0: don't know anything.
1: Right. This... Yeah. This is absolutely this is less fun. I, I I don't I don't think I really ever wanted to see right a Russian guy beat our good Canadian boys <laughs> record. Yeah. But yeah. it was fun to talk about. It was oh, it now only needs this for this many years and it's it was kind of a fun story to follow. It's absolutely affected my view of it.
0: Well, and and it's the caps have a PR guy, a Russian PR guy yep. who, who really just handles Ovi. Yep. And so, yeah, you got to know the guy who's sweating him, fogging up the glass. Right. That guy's out. Yep. Um, especially another Russian speaking guy. For sure. <laughs> You're out. You're, um, but you? yeah, I've long not liked him. Um, dating back to my well-documented on this podcast, oh three world juniors in Halifax. Yeah. Um. And then coming through in those early years, the Penguins, Caps, the Sydney versus versus Ovechkin. You know, it was it was. I was always a Sid guy. Yeah, of course, right. And and so in that head to head, to me, you can't you can't be both. You can't be both, right. And and then he really sort of to me in in a lot of people's minds, I think, and and I, I use myself as the every man in this <laughs> scenario. Um. He sort of, his his image was sort of being rehabilitated through that cup run.
1: You know what the other thing was for me? It was that world championship when half his teammates left the ice during the Canadian Anthem and he stayed. With Malkin? Yeah. And yeah. I know part of that, even again, even if it's for the cameras, he knows he's got to go back, as does Malkin, into NHL locker rooms full of Canadians. But he did the right thing in that moment and stayed. And I kind of went, all right, I respect that, right? Like yep. you didn't follow your teammates. And fuck those guys, by the way, too. Um, But a bunch of them left during the Canadian Anthem and didn't stand and and respect the opponent that had just beat you. He stayed, Malkin stayed, and you go, okay. Like, I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so, in his epic celebration afterwards, you know, him and Backstrom and where like you saw these guys everywhere, yes, and they were in the like fountain, yeah, <laughs> wherever, right? And they were just hammered, they yes. sh- they show up everywhere, and you're like, yep. Look at those guys, yeah. And you sort of went, Ah, oh, yeah, you know, and, good for you, man, yeah. And he's sort of doing it, and, and and he's sort of, I warmed to him a bit, Yep. And and despite the fact, I was listening to uh Chris Stevenson, good friend of the show, mm-hmm. he was saying, Yeah. But at that time we we all knew that he was pro Putin and it yep. didn't seem to you know we're like oh it's not really a big yep. thing right yep. and now we're like oh it's gross right it's just like it is but it's also
1: it's different now maybe it shouldn't be like he went into Crimea in 2014 and we just all kind of went ah Europe like you fuckers are always fighting over borders and yeah. and whatever right like and I, I'm being a little bit sarcastic but but we didn't do much we didn't really react to it this is different right and uh, like today they dropped a a thousand pound bomb on a children's hospital slash maternity ward Mm -hmm. and it's take down the fucking picture man yeah you know like I, I know that sounds trite but could you just for publicity sake, pretend that that bugs you.
0: Yeah. Cause otherwise it's, it's.
1: You're tied to it and I get to ask you about it every fucking day that it's up.
0: Yeah. And cause otherwise it's, you got it out in your hand and you're slapping it in your other hand, right? You're yep. just like, yep. hey, take this. This is how I feel. So yeah, it does make me feel differently and, and more than ever. Yeah. I hope he doesn't, I Fuck hope he doesn't guy. break it. Yeah. True, man. Uh... I don't fired up. A <laughs> little bit there, yeah. <laughs> I get it, man. Well, because it's it it's it is it's it's how how else he is supposed to take that? Yeah, we have people in the in the home I live in. Fifty percent of them don't want to watch the news.
1: I get that. So, I need to stop being on Twitter. I said this when this first happened. It's not just the war updates, although those are awful. It's that they're sprinkled in with MLB negotiations and billboard updates on Kanye says and you're just like oh my God like how do we live in a world where all this is happening at once right like there's a part of the world that's just carrying on as
0: yeah I thought you were gonna say Kanye says Pete Davidson's a cracker or whatever (laughs) whatever that is
1: but it it, like obviously the war stuff makes you sad but it, it it's kind of this Like I said, the word I keep coming back to is dystopian. Like, but over here, this stuff is still happening because there's money to be made on that. And uh, you know, like the first couple of days after this all started, I could hardly give a shit about, you know, watching the Leafs or whatever, which is normally my escape for everything, but it just, it felt very unimportant. And now you're looking at it as a, an escape almost, right? Like here's three hours where I can think of it something else. Like Jack Campbell, just waving at everything.
0: Olay, Olay.
1: <laughs> maybe we'll get to that later, but it's fucked up, man. And, um, we had a couple things. Where do you want to go next here? Cause I, I'm a little. How about another fucked I'm up thing,
0: which is the NFL. No yeah. Okay. And Calvin Ridley and, and the whole idea that he's going to be suspended and cough up 11 million bucks in, <laughs> in salary for. You know, putting throwing down supporting a, a league partner on the ele- on eleven team eleven event parlay or whatever it was deal ah, good was for
1: you to be able to keep all that straight, eh? Not you,
0: yeah, I mean, no, maybe you I've too. Just, but him? Yeah, no, uh, to me, if, if I go to if I go to the horse races, if I can put if I can put three <laughs> I'm in a the five trifecta, horse. That's yeah, it. <laughs> I'm totally. I, that's, that's about the extent of it.
1: Yeah. So this guy, he's he was out hurt last year for the Falcons, but while he was oh, sorry he were. Looked like you wanted to jump in there.
0: No, man, totally okay. good. I was just going to say non-injury.
1: Yeah, it was a mental health break. And so he's at home and he uh, places a couple of bets using uh, the official partner of the Atlanta Falcons, which I believe was Hard Rock and their, uh, their betting app. Um, never bet against his team, which would probably even then be a bigger deal if he was playing yeah. but in theory he could have inside information that so and so is hurt or or whatever um but the NFL takes a look at that and and they have long had this thing as have all sports you can't gamble you cannot bet on sports we don't want to open that door where maybe people are um you know know about injuries or you know dropping a pass because Would be good if my team lost right now. All these sorts of things. They just don't want to open that door at all. At the same time, over the last 36 months, the NFL has signed contracts and partnerships and marketing deals and, you know, all kinds of things with 14 different Legalized sports betting with the biggest among them everyone knows are obviously DraftKings and FanDuel, but there's a bunch of them all over the Bet MGM. You're seeing ads for all over. If I see George St. Pierre's face one more fucking time on Sportsnet telling me about Bet MGM, I'm gonna lose my freaking I I'm sick of George, and I used to love George, but uh this stuff is everywhere now. But apparently the players can't be a part of that. Well,
0: uh, has George given up on bet99? Like what?
1: Oh, up? is that what it was his Yeah, you're right. His is bet99.com. Okay, uh, yeah. yeah. You're right.
0: Okay, sorry. I'm like, come on, man. I why? I can't keep him straight now. But George George looking good in that suit though. Oh, George looks good in everything. Man, George <laughs> is a sharp <laughs> sharp-looking guy. Um, yeah, the hypocrisy in this cuz you you can't bet you know, but what you can do is you can knock your wife out cold in an elevator mm-hmm. on video. You can be attached to a, to a murder. You can smoke another guy on the field in, in the helmet with the, a bareheaded guy with your helmet yep. or, or his helmet, whichever it was. Like these things are all legit. Um,
1: Two child abusers and one guy, like you said, with a video taken from a security cam that the commissioner looked at knocking his wife out cold with a punch in the face.
0: And then dragging her out of the, by her yeah. feet. F-
1: the indignity. What? Well, honestly, like four games, two games for the guy who knocked it. But the max out of all those things I've just listed, four games. This guy's getting a year for betting on a game. And I, it, it's fucking.
0: They're going to stand behind. It's the integrity of the game. We need our fans integrity. to believe that that you know this is yeah pure. And you're like your sport, like. The foundation and the first two levels are built on gambling. Yep. Are built on fantasy sports. That is what sport.
1: made NFL the monster that it is now. You're watching every game because my I got a wide receiver in this game. And I got a tailback over here. And I got yeah Sunday ticket man is built right on the back of fantasy betters,
0: and they love it. The, it to me, the, it's, it's 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 such a huge beast, and so for. For you to turn around and say, that thing there, oh, that's wrong. And I get it. I, I He I, was wrong. I know. I get it. Yeah. But for the league to stand up with I this dear. holier than thou, righteous <laughs> yep. take on it is a bit much. While
1: taking the money from all these companies.
0: And and allowing all these other things that happen yep. that to me are, you know, so much worse. Yeah, far and, more objectionable. And morally corrupt than, than that. Yeah. So I I just I, when I see that and I'm like whatever. What's a, what's Antonio Brown doing? Where <laughs> what's the Sean What's Deshaun Watson doing? Yeah. Where's he getting traded to? Come yeah. on. Let's get on with this. Oh, I don't care about those 24 women. Move along.
1: You see, uh, it's actually been a pretty big week in the NFL. I don't For know. Sure. Aaron Rodgers. If, the I, report,
0: if I never hear that guy's name again. I know I know. Too soon.
1: The the report was four years. 200 million dollars 153 of it guaranteed which is the big thing in the nfl he comes out afterwards and saying he puts on twitter yes i will be back in green bay that contract is a little fuzzy espn and their reporters are standing by it that that's the deal sometimes you know the last year or two aaron Rodgers, i don't know what the fuck his problem is you know Is he coming out now just to try and discredit people? Like, I don't believe a word that comes out of his mouth, but why would you at the same time, like, yeah, I signed the biggest deal in history. Why would you shoot that down? You know, as a bit of an ego stroke. I don't know. That's an interesting one. And, and Russell Wilson, man, ending up with the Broncos is, um, that division's not getting any easier. You know, Mahomes is already there and like, I don't know, man. Like,
0: uh. Yeah. When you look at that, you know, the Raiders with Carr have... Yeah. Who's not bad.
1: No. Nope. He might be the worst. But he's going to be the
0: worst quarterback in that division. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, it, Aaron Rodgers with the whole I'm leaving. And this is I'm talking about last year. Yeah. Not even this off season. Yeah. I'm leaving, I'm never irreconcilable differences, blah. And then you're like, "Oh, yeah, I am back."
1: Two hundred million, bucks. and then you're like,
0: "Oh, I got nobody. To, I got nobody to play with. You're you're, you're drafting these shit quarterbacks <laughs> to when I'm still playing, and blah blah blah. And now you're taken at thirty eight. And again, now he is the reigning MVP. Yep. But you're taking fat money that is no longer going to allow your team to surround you with other people.
1: By far, man, trumping fat Mitch Marner cash.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't heard that in a while here. No, yet. Uh,
1: that's right. Um, now, actually, somehow, I don't even know how this works, but his cap hit has come down.
0: Yeah, well, uh, they push it. They pu- <laughs> uh, and again, I don't understand it either, but they yeah. push it off yes. into the future. And but so. It's
1: not bad money for kind of a washed up failed Jeopardy host, right?
0: Like it's yeah. not bad. I'm <laughs> not coming back. I, and I want to, I, I just want to say that I loved you all. And yeah. I, I, again, man, if just fuck off just fuck off (laughs) i I, I, honest to god that's it man yeah Uh, i just started watching succession nice and uh, fuck off (laughs) yeah this is it right it's to me that's that's the big thing fuck off (laughs) so aaron Rodgers, fuck off
1: love it man the rookie race in the nhl the calder trophy has gotten a little bit of press here over the last few weeks as uh I think a lot of people, you know, a couple of weeks ago, maybe, basically figured this was going to come from Detroit one way or another, right? With what more insider is doing on the blue line. Mo! And then, uh, what's his name up front there? Lucas Raymond. Lucas Raymond uh, was also having a killer year. Over the last couple of games... And maybe a little bit longer than that. He'd, he'd always been having a good season, but Michael Bunting has now taken over the rookie goal scoring and rookie points lead. He's also twenty six. Michael years Makarov. Old. They're going with. Okay, you're <laughs> going with. Uh, and it's kind of restarted a debate that we've had, well, as recently as last year. Kirill Kaprizov was 24, 23. Yeah, 23, 24, yeah. yeah. Um. So not twenty six, but like by the. Even by the letter of the law, like Michael Bunting had like one game fewer than what would have disqualified him. His birthday was two days yeah, off of what that's would have the, that's disqualified. Crazy part. Uh, all over the place, he's just barely qualified, uh, but he is qualified. And so, at 26 years old, I don't know, people are are balking at it a little bit, and and that's fair enough, I suppose. At the same time, the rules are what they are. Um, I don't know. What do you think of the Calder rate? We're also, I guess we're leaving a Tanner Janot down in Nashville's having a pretty good he's run. He's a guy
0: I've never heard of.
1: Okay. Well, he's having a pretty good rookie season. Yeah. Well, he's up well. there in
0: goals. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's not in, he's not in the top five or so in points, but he's certainly up there in goals. Yes. Yeah. Um, to me, the guys, well, first of all, you're either pregnant or you're not. There is no in between like, Hey, hey, maybe, you know, maybe I feel like I, that was a good one last night. I'm pregnant today. <laughs> I don't think that really happens. Maybe right. Um,
1: it's already kicking. Yes.
0: <laughs> 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 or, uh, echo, echo.
1: Yeah. Um, it's, so you're saying because he's in. He's in. Yeah.
0: Like to me, I, I don't, ha- I really don't, I don't have any time for this debate of should he or shouldn't he? You got to put a line in somewhere, which is that Sergei Makarov rule, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: 30 years old. Yeah, he comes in,
0: he's, you know, he played 13 years in Russia. Yep. But yeah, he's eligible. Right. I don't care if it's by the slimmest of margins. If you get to be 26 years old and you've only played X number of games, you're eligible. Right. By this age, you're eligible. Right. Um... To me it's it's interesting when you look at it and you and you're right. To me it was Raymond who, who who got off to a nice you know, hit a nice stride yeah, about he was twenty on a games terror. in. Yeah. Um I think the guy if it's gonna come out of Detroit, I think it's I think it's Cider. Yep. Right? Forty one points, thirty six assists, he's playing like twenty two minutes a night. Yep. Um he's doing it. Like that's that's well, and as
1: a young defenseman, right? Yeah. Uh, well acknowledged to be one of the hardest spots to break in.
0: Guys twenty one. Yeah. And so I think as, as Raymond now, Raymond is, you know, he had the hat trick against the Leafs a week and a half ago, but he's sort of, he's slowed. He had a nice spike there for a bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Zegers is also should be in there. He's, he's right up there with 41 points. I think the guy who's not getting enough is Jeremy Swayman.
1: Yeah. He's kind of bounced back here because he had a nice start, kind of swooned a bit caused me to start taking shots at him. And now he's back on a fucking tear again.
0: So what if I, what if I gave you 15 wins, 2.03 goals against 927, say percentage.
1: 927 is fucking impressive.
0: Three shutouts. <laughs> yeah. On a guy whose team is going to make the playoffs may overtake the Leafs.
1: Yeah. You, you're pushing that button hard on the last <laughs> couple episodes, but All falling right. back to five points back again. Yeah. 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 Right. I
0: think they were 20 points back at one point. <laughs>
1: They were two points back, though, a week ago. Yeah.
0: So anyways, I I just think.
1: Yeah, it deserves
0: a little attention for sure. Yeah.
1: As far as the age thing goes, I do think it's too high. But that's not Bunting's problem, right? He's eligible this year. Now, I don't know what you want to make the qualifications. To me, though, 26 does seem weirdly... High or or
0: twenty five or 24?
1: well, this is it. I I don't know. Twenty three, twenty two. Like if you to me, a big part of this is physical maturity, right? Like while Michael Bunting doesn't have a ton of games, he's a bigger, stronger dude than yep. he would have been at eighteen or nineteen years old. And so, yeah, I think as long as the rules are what they are, then you have to to consider him, right? But I do think it's 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 sort of a weird spot to have placed this. Well, the other thing I, go ahead, sorry.
0: Well, I was just going to say, let's just, let's just look at Kaprizov. Yeah. Okay. And we'll, we'll call him 23 when he won it last year. Okay. The guy's played five years. How many other. In a men's
1: league in right. Russia. Yeah. How
0: many other guys who've played till their early to mid twenties in Russia have come over and have never seen a whiff of a Calder trophy?
1: Yeah, no, I, for sure. Like all you can do is come over and play well and and be that good, right? Like, it, and he was, he was by far the best option.
0: Right, like let, let's look at Gusev, right? Oh J- God. I know, but that's a guy who came over with a pile of hype. He had, Vegas had his rights, they yeah. flipped them,
1: But he was too, wasn't he like closer to 30? Like yeah, no, but I'm, this time. is what
0: I'm saying. Uh, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. so maybe, but all I'm saying is he was a flame out, yeah. right? Lots of hype, right? Yep. Jersey gave him a big contract and then you're like,
1: Psh. Well, same, I, wasn't it Dadinov with the Panthers who he stayed a long time in Russia? Like, he wasn't a young guy, I don't think, when he came oh, over. And then he, I, I,
0: it's complicated because he went back.
1: Yeah, to, that's right. Yeah. And,
0: and played a couple of years. So I'm not sure when he came over, that's but right, he, he played a couple of years, left, came back. Yeah. Um. But yeah, all I'm saying is you still have to do it. You still got to do it. Yeah. And so. Well, so this is the thing. Like,
1: last year, I watched Sen's Twitter roast, and some of it was actually pretty funny, <laughs> The Kaprizov for being too old, right? And and Stutzla, he's the guy because he's 18 and and was having a Norris. a good rookie season at the time. It seemed to be Stutzla they were mostly focused on, but, and and so just, you know, up and down, and, and like I said, some of the lines were pretty good, just about his age and about, you know, I can't believe, you know, there's a guy in the NHL who's about to win rookie of the year who... Uh, played for Tikhanov back in in whatever, right? (laughs) Like stupid shit like that that was pretty good. And so you, you always sort of favor your guy. My thing is, I think we've talked about this on the show before. I don't really care about any of these awards. Yeah. I think the voting usually sucks. I think everyone has an agenda in their own. Like, I'm actually seeing it. You are seeing reporters say, I think that age is too old, so I'm not going to vote for that. That's not your job. Yeah. The rules say he's eligible. Now, I still think, like you, Cider is the guy, but I don't want to hear you say, I think the cutoff should be whatever. Then you don't get to fucking vote, because these aren't the rules that have been set out right now. And I do think there's a legit argument to be made. He's playing with Two of the best players in the league, right? Like, has Bunting had a good season? Of course. Could you? What would Lucas Raymond be doing right now on that line? Or you yeah, know what okay. I'm saying? Like,
0: yeah. But but let's let's look at those guys we're talking about, right? I I, I threw off the two the two wings, Zegers. Yep.
1: Um, Zegers the same though. If he's playing with Matthews and Marner,
0: uh, yeah. he might be pushing 30 Anton goals. Lundell, like, right. There's, yeah. There's another guy who is who's a rookie who's like honestly whatever you think of the of the plus minus mm-hmm. dudes plus 30 yep. like when you look at the numbers and they're gaudy That's like that. the
1: Panthers are yes. just bunting everybody in I the know
0: head. and so <laughs> all I'm saying is is there are you have to look at guys and so to me the fact that bunting they signed what he's making him 950 950 for two years so you brought him yeah. in so the fact that Toronto puts at the beginning of the year goes yeah we're gonna put this guy in the top line you know, he's gonna be the new hymen. Yep. And and people are like, oh, signs <laughs> of the apocalypse right there, man. Toronto's windows closing. Yeah. They're bringing in some middle-aged reject from Arizona and are-
1: Meanwhile, Kyle's looking over the over his glasses at you. And-
0: <laughs> yeah. And so we can't have it both ways. Nope. You know, Rob, who would like to laugh and point, but at the end of the day, the guy's got forty-six points. Yeah. And you go, hey. That's incredible bang for his buck. Mm-hmm. And so to me, the fact that he's doing it on a contending team is actually more a feather in his cap than not. You still have to go in and play that spot, Nick Ritchie.
1: Yes. Oh,
0: wait.
1: He's got two goals in his, or and five points since he got to Arizona. Suddenly yeah, well, that's
0: because he's riding on the Schmaltz coattails there, man.
1: Arizona, yes. eight goals on Saturday against Ottawa, nine on Tuesday
0: Breaking up
1: against Detroit. I saw someone did the math. They have scored 12% of the goals they've scored all year in the last two games.
0: <laughs> well, they came into the Ottawa game as the league's lowest scoring team. Yeah, they're probably in like 16th now. <laughs> yeah. And then you put up a 17 over the next two games. You're like, Woo, see you later.
1: Well, so maybe this isn't a bad place to transition into, into what happened with, uh, with Phil Kessel on, uh, Fat, filthy. Tuesday night, fat, filthy Phil Kessel. Uh, comes out, plays one shift, leaves the game to get on a chartered flight that the team's owner...
0: Private jet!
1: Yep. Yeah, organized for him to get home in time for the birth of his child. And that's important because he is 22 games behind Keith Yandel for all-time Iron Man right? Consecutive game streak. Uh, I don't believe he's passed yet.
0: No, he's still about eight short of
1: uh, of Doug Jarvis, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And so as long as fucking Keith Yandel is still playing, Phil's just trying to keep stride. I am. I'm seeing on Twitter everybody's good for that guy and good on the Coyotes for making this happen. I,
0: I am not seeing. I, that. No, fuck that. Yeah. Okay. Good. You I-
1: chose to leave, and I. I put a skate on the ice, it counts. I I went out
0: the forward door and came in the D door and just kept rolling home. And at some point you're like,
1: come on, man. And at the same time, if I'm his wife or significant other, I'm like, really, really, we're going to risk, you're going to miss this so you can go touch the ice once and then get on a flight home. Uh, To me, it's shit, man. I, uh, look, I I do. Well, she let Phil roll on top of her to begin with, so. She's got great taste, man. (laughs) Um... I there's something and I, I had this conversation on Twitter a while ago with our buddy Mendez. I said there is something inside of me, not just as a Leaf fan, that badly wants Phil Kessel to be the guy who ends up holding the NHL like health iron man. Durability, <laughs> right? Like for all the shit he took for being out of shape and, and loving a good hot dog, and really, who amongst us doesn't? Right? Um, there's something about me that wants him to be the picture of NHL durability, as you said. But this sucks. This yeah, is stupid.
0: It's I, I picture Phil. It's that thing where he's playing he's playing basketball. And he's wearing the basketball shorts, so his little stubby legs and the baggy basketball shorts. And he's wearing like a sleeveless tee, looking like your out of work Uncle Larry. Like he you just, you're like, I, I kind of like that look. Yeah, <laughs> you're like that guy, right? That guy is going to be the NHL Iron Man, and he will. Like to me, Yandel, uh, his well, I he, hate Yandels too. Yeah, because
1: last year. The Panthers coaching staff were going to scratch him. They went to him. They told him to start the year. We don't think you're one of our top six. Maybe it was two years ago. I can't remember now. Might no, it, was, have been two. It,
0: was, it was last year.
1: Okay. And the players who admire this, like they, and fair enough, right? Like they respect the hell out of this. You've played this long without ever missing a game, injury or sickness or personal situation. <laughs> Your wife having a kid isn't enough to get you to go home early They went and said, don't do it. We want him in the lineup. And the coaching staff in Florida relented until the playoffs. And they scratched him in the playoffs. So to me, twice in one season, your coaches have said, you are not one of our best six options right now. But because playoff games don't count in this consecutive game streak, we're still pretending that he has this streak. But to me, it ended. To me, it ended when they, A, tried to scratch him, and then B, actually did in the playoffs. And this one, for me, with Phil, is the same. I,
0: yeah, well, at least, though, with Yandel, whatever whatever caused it, he suited up, and he played the full game. Yeah. I understand what you're saying, that the technicality is they lobbied to get him in. Yeah. But he still played.
1: Okay. But
0: like, he didn't in the playoffs. That one doesn't hold up in the play.
1: Again, when you want your yeah. best guys in there, you're, they went, no, that's not you, man. I, I
0: know, but all I'm saying is. Because he he's in Philly now, I think.
1: Yes, he is. is Yandel.
0: Is whatever happens, he's continued. Yeah, and, and he's brought the stink with him. Yeah. He's he's there and he's sucking, or they're <laughs> sucking. Um, but at least he's played. You're right. At least he's played. However he got in, by hook or by crook, it's like. I could be the NHL Iron Man if I was allowed to step on the ice and get back off.
1: Right. If I just had a good buddy who was a coach and would allowed me to sit on his bench for 900
0: games. Yeah. Can you do that? Right. Like I'll take the min. Yeah. Give me the minimum salary. Yep. And I'll do 14 seasons or whatever it works out to be. <laughs> Like, Great come on, suit. honest to god, Whole
1: popcorn man. the rest of the time. It's, it's Track a, face-offs, whatever you need.
0: Well, this is it. I'll hang out with Darren Poopa at the yeah. end with a couple of hot dogs <laughs> and my goalie equipment. Whatever, man, I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, but yeah, I, to me, it, it cheapens it.
1: Yeah, it. it does. And that's all I'm saying. To me, the Yandel one. It was a couple of years. Cogliano got suspended, and the players were furious around the league that you suspended this guy and ended his Iron Man streak because he was the leader at the time. Don't get fucking suspended. Yeah. Like
0: this is not. Well, we won't suspend you because you have this thing. Fuck you. Because if if that wasn't the case, you'd be railing against the NHL saying, I don't know what's happening here. That's a suspendable offense and you didn't do shit about it. I don't know what's happening here. Right. But now you're going to go, oh, what? If I, if I have some player streak, hey, I'm at 42 games. Right. I got a streak going here. I baby. could get to 900 if you'd give me yeah, a chance. Yeah, don't <laughs> suspend me now. That's bullshit. Right. Yeah, so come on, those things are, uh, Cogliano, it was suspendable. Yep. Bam. Sorry, he sat You're for right, like man. two or three games. Yep. Like obviously it was, it was enough and I can't remember what the offense was. No. But yeah, don't.
1: It's g- Andrew Cogliano, who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah, Andrew. I don't know, man. To me, it all just, and I love Phil, but to me, this was.
0: I don't love Phil.
1: I know. But again, if I, even like I said, if I'm his significant other going, you're flying to Detroit to take a twirl and then <laughs> getting back on a plane to come home, get your fucking priorities in order on that side too, man. Like- a solid double axle. Phil twirl. can do it, man. Yeah.
0: For, hey, it's even a <laughs> pair of black tights.
1: Oh yeah. yeah.
0: Come on, for How's sure. His breath?
1: It's bad, <laughs> eh? It's pretty bad,
0: eh? <laughs> well, and he's got the stubble going. God love Phil. He's got a little bit of everything going. He's not, he's not a handsome man.
1: Phil, uh, still on our cap here in Toronto. <laughs> this is One the last year? year. This is the yeah, last year. Yeah. Well,
0: cause, and I think his, his contract is up, eh, this year?
1: Yeah. That's why he's coming off for.
0: And so what do you think's happening Zach? Like, I think he has like five goals, six goals.
1: Actually, I have no idea what he's got. Yeah, um, I don't assume he'll retire. This will be the end of him making.
0: I think he and Louis Erickson are down there trying to see who can. Louis who
1: Erickson can. still just yeah it away on that. Well, Vancouver contract at,
0: at a million a goal.
1: <laughs> Somebody said, "I uh, work the, if you can get it." Man. Yeah,
0: they they threw the stat up that in in the length of his contract, he's been paid thirty six million bucks and he scored forty one goals. Love that. <laughs> that's crazy man <laughs> now Phil Phil was good
1: bang for his buck yeah came down helped put a couple of cups into Pittsburgh won, there. should
0: have won a Con Smythe yep. one of those years that's
1: right the first one I believe it was and with the so, the HBk line
0: yeah like you know, that guy is that guy's doing it and yeah. so
1: he I, I don't think he'll retire
0: I don't No, th- I don't think he'll retire either sorry uh Lou Erickson yes
1: yeah no for sure but <laughs> He well, may not have a choice.
0: Yeah, it was just actually the two of them and, and it's filled this year.
1: There was a great, uh, there was a photo on making its way around Leafs Twitter earlier this week because um, he, line, Kessel lined up on a line with uh, with Galchenyuk and Nick Ritchie maybe or whatever, you know, your Leaf superstars down in, in Arizona here one time. Leafs <laughs> Also Travis Boyd down there from last year. One time Leaf greats. Yeah, man. Uh, Over the last five Toronto Maple Leaf games, there have been 50 goals scored. This is the first time any team has been involved in that for 15 years. And lots to be said. Good for the Leafs, obviously. Lots to be said. Not so good for the Leafs when those kind of numbers are involved with your goals for and against. But it seems to be happening across the league that at least for the last few weeks anyway, scoring seems to be up quite a bit, man.
0: Of course, the, the last last night, so last Tuesday night, night, man, there was games that had, two different games had 11 goals in them. Yeah. A game that, the Leaf game had 10 in it. Yep. Like just, you're looking at, and it's completely anecdotal and, and my, I wonder, and we talked about Arizona, right? Yep. Them. The lowest scoring team in the league. Yeah. But just how scoring seems to be. Inflated, and and I'm wondering what you think is the cause of that. Is it is it Campbell himself? Oh, okay, so we're coming just to Toronto. <laughs> yes, no, no.
1: Jack I'm, Campbell I'm has single handedly increased <laughs> scoring numbers across scoring. the yes, yeah. This is exactly could be man. It's funny. I don't want to get bogged down on it, but I was like last night. I tweeted out, man, again Tuesday night. The first four goals, I went. It's off a skate. It's off a knee. That's a sweet deflection. Someone. At some point though, I need a fucking save. And yeah. unreasonable, yes, but that's the job, right? Is to do the unreasonable well, and
0: if you look at the at the Ottawa game Tuesday night in St. Louis right. against a much better St. Louis first. team. <laughs> okay, but uh, Forsberg for, first shift of the game, Shabak gets leave. stripped, and Shen's Shen's fed right on the edge of the crease. Forsberg makes a nice save.
1: Yeah, very, that's an unreasonable save to ask someone to make, but it got made.
0: Very beginning of the, or I don't know, Ottawa's up 2-1, Tarasenko all alone, whish, Forsberg makes a glove save. Yeah. There's two saves in the game that if he doesn't make those saves. Probably over, it's 2 nothing, and you're. Well, the game is, sorry, the game has, yeah, but though. the momentum is yeah. gone, people are, are deflated. And so it's not unrealistic what you're saying that sometimes you have to. Yeah, got to ask for one of those impossible saves.
1: Yeah, because it was Saturday as well against Vancouver, where at least three of them, you're like, ah, I get uh, why uh, you didn't stop that. Like, that's a shitty tip, or that's a deflection off Marner's skate, or yeah. something weird, right? But those keep happening, like, yeah. and they didn't happen in the first half of the season. So I, I do, I'm sensitive to the idea of the blue goggles here, right? Like, I he just right now hasn't earned the benefit of the doubt that you would normally give a goalie who you go, fuck, nothing you can do about that, right? and you go, Well and At I'm, some point, you're just like,
0: get it! Like, yeah, <laughs> well, and, and again, I, I think it's one or two saves a game that you yep. need to have. Yeah. You're not asking your goalie to to make 10 of those. You're not winning if, if you... No. But you, I just need one or two timely saves yeah. that maybe are... Above average in nature, and you go or the double deflection that just sort of hits my the toe of my. Skin. Yeah, I was going the wrong way, but my pad yeah. was still there, right? Or because if something. you look at Tuesday night, you had Vasilevsky and Hellebuck, right? Two of the last three Vesna winners. Yep. That game also was like a seven four six, you yep. know, yeah, six five. It was where there was a boatload of goals put in that game, and nobody's suggesting those guys aren't good goals. Right.
1: No, I think probably two, like you said, two of the three last Vesna winners, but probably two of the top four goalies in the league, right? right.
0: If yeah, I don't, at, sorry. sorry. if you look at, at Montreal rolling through there, Winnipeg last week or two weeks ago, 4 nothing Winnipeg, 4-4. In the first period. 8-4 Winnipeg final. Like, yes. it just to me, the numbers are, and again, I, I was only taking a shot at Jack Kent. No, I,
1: I, I'm with you though, like it's, I don't know what to make of it because you haven't seen any, like often when you look at these, you can, you can kind of track it as they're cracking down on something and you're getting a lot more power plays. That doesn't seem to be the case here, but yeah, just anecdotally, it does feel like over the last month or so goal scoring is way, way up.
0: Where do you, how do you feel about compressed schedule and, and this is sort of the, you're starting to see defensive lapses.
1: But the goals, your offense is still
0: running smooth. Like this is the part. Well, I, everybody knows it's harder. It's harder to defend. Yeah. than it is to, you know, to, to sort of freewheel and do whatever you do. The 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 harder work is on your end of the blue line, right? So yeah, I wonder if I wonder personally if if you're seeing more of this because of this is catching up to players now. It could
1: be, like I, I it it's interesting because you. It, It seems like for longer than... Because it has been at least two weeks now where you've kind of looked around at the scoreboard and gone, Jesus Christ, there's a lot of high numbers here. But for longer than that, the Panthers have been pounding people, right? And they're the ones that at first got me sort of paying attention. They're putting up five, six, seven a night on whoever they seem to roll in there against, right? Whether it's at home or on the road. And I can't remember what the reason was, but they also had uh, by far more road games early in the season than, than home. And they were putting up all those numbers like, Jesus Christ, what's it going to be like when they, you know, have a heavy home loaded schedule here.
0: Well, their record, they had only lost three at home, four at home. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. When Ottawa
0: rolled through there. Right. Um, so last week, so they are making, making big hay. They have, it's actually evened out and they have a much better home record than a road record.
1: I just meant in terms of number of home games that were going to be left. That's oh, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well,
0: no, and they're cleaning up. Yeah. And they're cleaning up. And so when we talked about it, I don't know if it was either this Sunday or the previous Sunday that Toronto had, you know, closed to within a point. Yep. Um, they were tied with Tampa and.
1: they are back and, to five back now. Yeah, and
0: Florida just keeps winning. Yep. Right. It's like they don't, they don't stop. And so. They, and you don't stop. Yeah. Toronto lost Buffalo and
1: Vancouver on consecutive games, and Florida did not choke up their dinner. And <laughs> there you are, back they, five points behind again. They
0: did not break wind, <laughs> right? In mixed company.
1: It's funny, man, because even just talking about goal scoring and Austin Matthews has thirty six goals in his last thirty seven games. And there's nights where you watch it, it. I'm exaggerating, but not by much, and go. Oh, Austin hasn't scored yet. Like, if you're down by one, you're like, well, we still got the Matthews goal to come, right? Like, you yeah. you sort of bank on his numbers right now are just ridiculous in terms of what he... It's, like I said, 36 out of his last 47. It's 42 in his last 48. Like, he's on pace for 63 goals. Um, It was 59 two games ago, but then you got the hat trick and, and whatever. I'm telling you right now, and I put this out there before, and you get a little bit of pushback, I think it's over. He's the greatest Leaf ever. Like, he is the most talented Toronto Maple Leaf ever. And I don't know who else you think might be in the conversation. He is already in the conversation with greatest American player ever.
0: Okay, well, I'm I'm wondering, and I'm sort of going post-expansion, well, it has to be right. Like yeah. I, I can't, I can't tell <laughs> what you. What it's I'm, still I, I, I'm not going to throw <laughs> up Dave Keon or, you know. Anything. He hung
1: around after expansion. I know, but <laughs> you know I know George what you're George Armstrong. Yeah. Like I, oh, yeah.
0: I'm not going to go through all this. No, you're right. And so then beyond that, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you Daryl Sittler, mm-hmm. Lanny McDonald, Doug Gilmore. For one year. Matt Sundin. I loved Dougie.
1: He had one okay. year when he was right. on and, that and level. And this is all I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm
0: just sort of, this is what I'm throwing out as a, as a non-leafer. Yeah. Right. It's not a, it's not a, uh, for as long as this podcast has been going, I've, I've snickered and, and jeered at Montreal does their, you know, they trot out all their yes. Hall of Famers and then. You know, Toronto brings out you know I don't know, Gary. here's Johnny Bauer again. Yeah, Johnny Bauer and Dan Dao, and you're like, oh, uh, we're one of the Intercheck brothers, right? And you're like, well, it's happening here. Yep. And you sort of so to me, it's not a rich, deep pool of greatness. no.
1: I, that's what's helping me make this argument. Yeah, yeah. I, and I'm
0: not, I'm not disputing. I it. don't
1: think that ever. Like, I don't know that, and we've had this conversation that the Toronto Maple Leafs have ever had the best player. In the game. There was always a how or an or or a Richard or.
0: When's How many hearts have gone to a Toronto player?
1: I don't know, but I know we haven't had one. And you'll love this number since 1960 or in 67 years.
0: <laughs> of course it's fucking 67. <laughs> All right. See, uh, I your point to me, I don't know what the pushback is. Somebody giving you Rick vive? Well, it's just that, you know,
1: he hasn't won anything yet. And you go, well, okay, so no one has in 50 years. So all those guys are out, I guess.
0: 55 now,
1: I think. Yes, it is. But if you (laughs) like last night, whatever, Tuesday night, Austin Matthews, there was a couple plays that reminded me very much of Sundin in the sense that it was, holy fuck you idiots. I'll just do it myself. Right? Like I'm skating around here with Jonas Hoagland and Freddie Freddie Modine Modine on my wings. (laughs) I'll just do it. You guys suck at this, right? And Matthews gets a clean break at and it almost looked like the goalie wasn't even there. Like he just sort of went and lobbed it in. And I don't know, man. It's fun to watch. I don't know where you stand. We sort of touched on this right now. It's a two horse race for MVP. It's him and Yurkin for me. McDavid is having a down year. They're not. They're at fifty fifty to make the playoffs at best. And I don't know whether you buy into the idea of an anti-Toronto bias or the pro-Toronto, like a lot of people outside of Toronto would say he'll get more of a boost because it's Toronto, right? That's a ongoing hockey Twitter kind of yeah, argument.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't, I, I but don't. But
1: Shashirkin's on pace for a 942 percentage this year.
0: Yeah, like, yeah. Well, Jose Theodore phoned and said that's a fucking kiss of death, right? You know, and
1: Plus past my hair cream.
0: Yeah. And my, my little exactly whatever. whatever's going what, on there. Yeah. A bunch of stuff going on there.
1: But the argument against him, against Schusterkin is so far, he's only played 36 games. And you know, when Kerry Price won Hart, he started 85% of Toronto or Toronto. Fuck that. He started 85% of Montreal's games that year. was fantastic. Schusterkin's not going to come close to that. If you want to have that argument, I think you almost have to say, okay, then Austin Matthews only plays a third of every game he's actually in, right? Like, yeah, he plays every game, but he doesn't play all of it like Shastirkin does. So, so
0: how many, how many goalies can you think of winning an MVP on hard, a hard trophy? Well, the right to, off the top of your head.
1: Yeah. Carey Price and Jose Theodore and Dominic Hasek. that's Okay. Hasey's, that's all I got.
0: That's, that's all I got too. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm you,
1: sure it's happened before, but now you're getting way back before. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, game. no. And, and and Hasek was the only one. So to me, it's so rare. And.
1: And by the way, Theodore shouldn't have won. It was again, Liz, And Montreal's yeah, media sure. fucked it over.
0: For sure. Um, Shesterkin's not going to win it, right? Oh, I, I don't know. I man. think they I might vote for him. <laughs> the heavy bias though is that, that, that the Vezina is sort of a standalone.
1: Yeah, there are guys that won't vote for a goalie.
0: So you're with those guys too saying, fuck that guy. Not only will you vote not vote for bunting on the age, but you're not going to vote for Shister. Um The only other guy I wonder, man, you don't you... get the tall can vote.
1: No, Let's no. Give it to Maddie Lang.
0: No, sorry, not not you don't get the <laughs> tall can vote. Shisterkin does. I, I was the tall being, can
1: vote. I was losing the uh, our. Yeah. Uh,
0: no, no, no. I wonder
1: no. if you think Kale McCarr has passed McKinnon on Colorado for. Because that guy's on pace for 31 goals and over 90 points. Wow, the, you, you haven't seen a, a defender hit 90 points and 30 goals since Ray Bork.
0: Yeah. Uh, Brian
1: Leach had a hundred point season, but nowhere near that many goals.
0: Well, see, Paul Coffey had a f- had uh, over 40 goals. Yep. Um, if Good you man. look at... but.
1: In 2022, there's a defenseman who's going to put up 90 points.
0: Yeah, well, so he's at 63. I, I don't know what he got last night. Have he even played Wednesday night. Yeah. Um. Neither did he apparently. Nope. Because um, <laughs> it's
1: Wednesday now.
0: So <laughs> I haven't checked um, the schedule. He but. was at 63 points yeah. though, and he just hit 20 goals. There was a point in this season where he was on page on pace for 46 goals. Yeah. So he's cooled significantly now. Hey, it's not a slap in the yeah. face because. You know, cooled to 30. Yeah. If, if he ends up with 30 goals, it's crazy. I, I think he ends up with probably 25 or 26. Uh, still outstanding. Fucking hater. Yeah.
1: Well, all right. Remember when he was on the world junior team as the seventh defenseman, they weren't sure if they could trust him and he was, yeah. he was the seventh D on that. I think the Tyler Steenbergen team. Yeah. Um,
0: oh, what are you going to do, man? Um.
1: Who's <laughs> the 13th forward? Scored the tournament yeah, winner. Yeah, yeah, no,
0: this is what I'm saying. <laughs> so, so that's great coaching.
1: Yeah, <laughs> misidentify all yeah. your best talent.
0: Corey Perry, he's going to start out as the 13th, 13th forward. forward, and then he's going to st- he's going to be on the top line. Not by bad. The end of eh? the tournament. So yep. I think it's uh, it's a crapshoot when those things happen, but for sure. But Macar, I-, I can't remember what your original question well, was. Just
1: is he not now? To me, he's in the top three with Matthews and Shosturkin ahead of McKinnon.
0: Oh yeah. For a while there, M- M- McKinnon had three goals. Like to me, he, his, his goal total is. Yep. Um.
1: When we've talked about Kadri, who's also cooled a little. Yeah. Right. No, but you me, kept them afloat for a while. To well. me,
0: it is, it is McCar gets the vote there. Yeah. Right. Um, but those guys like that, he's a, I think, I think the coffee description is, is, is not a bad one there. No. Nope. I don't think 25
1: he's, minutes a night, just doing his thing, right?
0: Well, and 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 really ah, uh, in his own end. Yeah. But
1: the best fu- way you can defend is not be in your own end, right? And
0: I get it. I get it. And but we'll see what happens in the playoffs for a team that they are Toronto plus, right? Yeah.
1: Plus one round.
0: Okay, exactly. Can't get into that second <laughs> round, but yeah. uh it's and they need more. They yeah. need more and and you wonder you wonder if they're, if they're built, if they're still not ready for prime oh, time in the playoffs. if they're
1: not now, they're never going to be.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying, right? You got the, you got the two Johnsons in the back, right? Oh, you, a
1: couple of big Johnsons. Yeah.
0: Who doesn't love a big Johnson? <laughs> um, but yeah, Gerard and McCarr and you're like, uh, although I do like Taves. Yep. Like that to me. Good job, Lou. Yeah. That a boy, Lou. That's that's a sweet steal <laughs> for two seconds or whatever they got. Yep. I don't know what it was. It but, was
1: two seconds. Um, so that you could make sure you held on to Matt and Martin and the best fourth line in hockey.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's cl- it's it's Clutterbuck for sure. Yeah. It's Ezekis. That's come on, man. Good job, man. Not making the playoffs. No. Um, but yeah, I I wonder, I wonder if 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 they need, well, more. What?
1: On the blue line or up front? Because uh, everyone keeps saying Claude Giroux to nah. Colorado. Uh, to me, that's not it.
0: No. I think they need something...
1: Hampus Lindholm. That's...
0: What about a, what about a Mark Giordano?
1: Yeah, I, I do like him because I think, first of all, Seattle has no problem eating enough salary for Colorado to make that work. But he can play on the third pair, and if you run into an injury... He's still capable of sliding up there. But to me, Hampus Lindholm is a top pair guy now. Like, you don't need him to slot down that. But you're, the, the acquisition cost is probably a bit higher, but he's a UFA as well. Man, I, if they could get their hands on that guy, it might be over.
0: Like, we'll see. But what about Toronto for Giordano? He's a GTA guy. Yeah. I don't know what Toronto needs. Like
1: Toronto needs defense, but if Muzzin's going to come back and isn't going to be what he was anymore, then yeah, we need a left defender. If you're counting then on you're Muzzin not- to be. No, nope, fuck that. If, if- Muzzin's going to come back and just be given his spot at the number two lefty back, then you're probably looking for a right defender, right? Uh, the Tavares line had been cool. He's heating back up, but Willie is still whatever. Would you go out and try and find a left wing? Again, JT Miller is a name. I don't know that they have what it would take to. Oh,
0: do not Do you think Miller's what they need?
1: I, I think JT Miller on that line would be a game changer for Toronto. The problem becomes how do you fit him in because he has another year left. Yeah. And what do you have to give up? The interesting thing, and I, I almost subscribe to this more and more. Vegas doesn't worry about what's going to happen in a month or a week, no. they, they just go, whatever, we'll just get it and we'll figure it out later. Oh shit. Mark stone's hurt at the perfect time or, yeah, uh, okay. Yeah. But if you could find a way to make JT Miller work, then you figured out in the summer, how you're going to keep them. Right. And what I do you, don't go ahead.
0: What do you think of all this? And no, I'm just following your, yeah. your line. What do you think of all this talk about, about trading Shea Weber and how for, for teams at the top end of the cap. That, that, that eating up and giving you that cap space.
1: So yeah, the problem becomes, and I went and did some reading on cap friendly. Cause I said, there's no way it can be this. Like, cause everyone keeps saying Minnesota. Cause right. next year, Minnesota has whatever.
0: Parisian suitor, like 13 million. Or yeah. Something.
1: 12 or $13 million that they can't spend. That's a penalty on the cap. So maybe you go get his, I think it's $7.9 million yep. for Shea Weber that they could stack on top of that. You can't acquire it as cap space. It has to fit on your roster on opening night, and then you can place it on whatever. So for Minnesota, if they're already going to be down at whatever, 70 or $69 million, whatever the cap's going to be, minus 13, then on opening night, you have to fit Shea Weber before You know what I'm saying? You mean
0: the contract, not the actual body. No, that's
1: right. The the contract has to fit under the cap before you can then place it on LTIR. Okay. So for a team like Toronto, who might want to do it, or Vegas, or Tampa, how do you clear that space to then take advantage of it? To me, that's a contract that makes more sense for an Arizona or... an Ottawa yeah. or whatever to get to the floor. Right. Right. As, cause at the top end, I just don't know how you, how you well, get there.
0: And I am confused by the top end cause you see that the bottom end and, and it, it all smacks of cap circumvention. Yeah. Uh, both on the low side, Ottawa and Arizona. Yeah, And on the high side, right. If, if Minnesota ventures down that road. Right. Right. You just sort of say to me, it all smacks of, and, and, You know, the idea that it's not a loophole, it is a fucking loophole. Of course it is. Right. It may be legal right now. Yep. But it's only what a loophole is. We just did a CBA and they had no interest in closing it. And the loophole is, oh, we didn't see that, but we're going to close that down in the future. Yeah. That's what a loophole is. And that's absolutely what what it is. And
1: Toronto has always abused those. We had. David Clarkson. David Clarkson. I was going to say Robida Island. Yeah, like all of these sorts of Joffrey Lupul just, hey, why don't you just go and sit down? Now Snowboard. it's been Tampa, Kucherov, and, but he was on the opening night roster, got hurt, and then, or like, he was already yours, right? Like, yeah. you didn't have to find a way to fit him in and then get the relief from it. Whereas, like, that's the reason they, Mark Stone, had to go on LTIR yeah. in Vegas before they could activate Eichel, and I assume he's going to have to stay out until well, Martinez the playoffs. Is still out
0: down there too, right? Yeah. So there's like 14 million bucks.
1: So either they're going to trade something big before the deadline, or they're just going to let Stone sit until, or Martinez, or both.
0: Well, and if you look at Stone's playoff track record, <laughs> it just seems to fade late. So you're like, hey, man, maybe you just let well, you that just guy take a rest. You just take a rest. That's exactly it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, to me though, Colorado, I don't. They just they look scary, and if it, it's Darcy Kemper, for me is the only question. He's been better, right? He got off to a terrible start there, and you're like, oh no, right? Like is is that going to be what sewers them? Yeah, he's been better, and he doesn't have to be great. Um, but to me, if Colorado could add a Hampus Lindholm or whatever Giordano, to me, I don't know if he really is exactly what Toronto needs, right? Like because he plays kind of a skill game, right? And we.
0: Yeah, but he can be, he can be physical. He along can be, he yeah. Can, he's not a, he's not a shrinking flower. No,
1: I just don't know if that's exactly where you want to spend your limited cap dollars. I i said a while ago, I don't know that Toronto's going to do much. Like I, I just, there's not a lot of room there and I'm sure they'll do something, but like last year they shot their brains out when got David Riddick and Ben Hutton and Nick
0: Foligno and it didn't go great. Did yeah. not go great. Because you know why it didn't go great, Mac? Because that top line didn't score. Yep. And as long as Marner keeps trying to force feed Matthews.
1: He seems yeah. to now just be trying to force feed goals. Yeah. Just shoot. Take it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to mention before we got out of here, I know we got a couple last things here to touch on. Got a bit of a book recommendation. Remember we used to talk about books a little bit, man. Remember when people used to read? I do love a good I still
0: read, man. Okay. I am an active reader. Yep.
1: Uh, Just finished 975 pages (laughs) of... uh, War and Peace. Yeah, exactly. Uh, This is called Tinderbox by James Andrew Miller, and it is the story of HBO and how it got up and running, the new technology back in the 70s of, you know, a pay channel. At the time, they're trying to insert this above and beyond pay service into cable. And at the time, cable's only in, like, 20% of, of homes, right. And how close they came on a few different occasions to, to, you know, falling apart, not making it, uh, it started out being broadcast in just one city in Pennsylvania. Um, and it gets passed through, I can't even remember now. (laughs) It, It wasn't Scranton. Um, but it ends up getting passed through, like it's owned by briefly by just a couple guys who started up and then it gets turned over to, uh, like the company that owned time magazine. I think it was just called time media. And then that gets merged into AOL in the nineties. And they kind of go through at the same time, all the business end of it, but also as they go show by show, right? Like this is when they got into boxing and how Mike Tyson, like that was a huge part of it, man. And they picked up like the weekday Wimbledon games in the eighties, right? Like that, obviously the weekend big matches were going to be on network television, but they grabbed Wimbledon during the week. And then obviously you have your big shows. There's real sex. And then it turned into later on, you had obviously the Sopranos and there's pages and pages. Yeah. Pages and pages later on, uh, sex in the city and, uh, fuck the game of Thrones. Thrones, Yeah. The
0: dragon show. I,
1: I got nothing, man, but it, It was a really good, and you know me, based on, if nothing else, the guests that we have on the show, I like behind the scenes media talk too, right? Like I'm interested in that stuff. So it covers that, but it also has interviews with all these people who worked there and then all the top actors and actresses on their biggest shows ever. And some of the boxers that made the 975 pages gives you a lot of time to go into detail on almost everything they ever did. And like I said, the author's name is James Andrew Miller. I read his other book a while ago. It was called, uh, those guys have all the fun. It was the behind the scenes story of ESPN. Very similar kind of hmm. how that got up and running okay, so and going. He's got,
0: he's got a, he's got an interest as well.
1: Exactly. You can tell where he's all at, uh, he's all about, it was really good. And if you're an HBO subscriber who has kind of a media interest at all, or just somebody who's like been subscribed for a really long time and enjoyed all those shows. Like they take you behind the scenes on all of them and ha- like uh, the Gandolfini Wire. right on the the Sopranos and his drug addictions and how he would like disappear for days at a time when they were supposed to be she- uh, shooting and then come back with like Rolexes for everyone who worked on the set, the assistant producers, the uh, his fellow actors, obviously, but like right down to the guy who went and got lunch because he felt so guilty about you know, his own demons and stuff that were shutting down the shows for like just details like that, that took you inside all of these shows. Um, you know, obviously I was never much into, to game of Thrones or obviously sex in the city or whatever, but this book, the, the way it took you into each of these shows was, was super interesting and it's an investment. Uh, I got it for Christmas. It took some time to work all the way through it. But if that's your scene at all, it's called Tinderbox by James Andrew Miller. Um, really good read, man. Just finished it the other day and loved it.
0: Woke up this morning with the blue moon. Little little Sopranos. I love that, the theme song from that. Did you watch that? Were you big into it when it was on? Uh, I was I big into the first four seasons. Okay. I don't know what happened, yeah. but I sort of lost touch. Yeah. Um, I, I love the characters.
1: My buddies were huge into it. I was fine with it. Like I could watch it, but I wasn't someone who got addicted to it. Like,
0: yeah, I w- I would say uh, I
1: still lived in the country, man. We had an antenna. Like yeah. it was a while before we had the satellite dish, and HBO was even an option.
0: See, and um, like The Wire. Yeah, uh, I got a lot of huge, time for that yeah. too.
1: And like you said, the stupid shit ballers and Entourage, whatever they cover, uh, entourage all of it. Is right, is still
0: one of my. Yeah, it's, it's great, man. It's in my top five. Yeah. The um,
1: Newsroom was huge
0: for me. I love that was one. Was another yeah. one I was thinking of, and so I've just finished Boardwalk Empire, which was yeah. another HBO. Um, so there's lots of good stuff, and in Succession, I'm enjoying that. I'm, I'm a
1: and they talk about that, like obviously just the beginnings of it, right? Because the book kind of ends at 2020, um, yeah, which
0: would have been the first season. I think. Yeah, so yeah.
1: it it it's a great read if you're into that sort of thing.
0: The other question, the other thing I had for you, Matt, was you see they announced the Blues Fest lineup. Oh, well, I didn't actually. You did not see that.
1: No. So Tuesday. Now I did see Sean Simpson from TSN 1200 tweeting about like. TLC. And where's the spoons? (laughs) Is the one that he tweeted at? So I didn't put two and two together that, uh, that it was Blues Fest.
0: Yeah. Don't go chasing waterfalls. He, he absolutely is fired up about, uh, about TLC. There's going to be a nineties night now that. That is going to, but it's going to be anchored by TLC. They, oh. they're they still waiting to flesh that night out. Okay. But, um.
1: So far it's a pass.
0: Well, Rage is coming.
1: Okay. Cause they were coming in 2020.
0: And then 2021. And 2021. <laughs> okay. But they've, they've confirmed Atlantis. Back again, eh? Back Cause she was again. also supposed to be yeah, there. Yeah. Both are in. I think the big gets this year are a couple of country acts. Okay. Uh, Luke Bryan.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, Luke Combs. Okay, so both
1: big cats, but neither are really in my. Uh, where's right. Brooks and Dunn or uh, no see, yeah.
0: <laughs> a little boot scooting? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. For sure, man. Um, it it seems like heavy on the CanCon.
1: Yeah, this year a little right. border crossing.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it just seems like it's like it's less and less, right? So Sarah McLaughlin is one night. You know, right. you're getting a bunch of. So there isn't a pile that's um, rage. Yeah, but I, I what I was really Wondering is, is where your appetite's at. Now you're going to fast forward here for four months or so Mm -hmm. to get, to get into the mid July feeling. Where's, where's Matt at come July 7th? Um, if everything continues on the trend, it's on now,
1: which uh, you keep seeing the BA two now version of Omicron. Uh, Who the fuck knows it's outdoors. It's true, it is. I'm probably down to, to check something out. I, Cause you I,
0: had, did you not have Rage tickets?
1: Had the, the full festival, uh, three or five nights or whatever it was in 2020. Yep. they That was before the world closed. I had Rage. i had picked several nights. I had Atlantis. I had Rage and there was a couple other ones that okay. I was well, interested good. in. And it, uh, and it gets to a point where purchasing by the night doesn't make sense when you can buy whatever these packages right. are or whatever yep. and so i had done that um and then in a, a couple months or when it all got canceled they said you can uh you can refund or you can hold your tickets until 2021 and even then i was going there's not gonna be a 20 sorry.
0: right <laughs> i'll just take my optimistic. money
1: and they were obviously i get it they have losses and they're whatever they want to not have to refund any more money than they need to, but I went, yeah, no, I'm going to take my cash back here. and
0: Give that man his money. Bitch better have my money. True story, man. True story. So I'm, I would say interested. Okay. In
1: an outdoor concert in July. There you go. Yeah. Couple of pints. Yeah. Oh, there's always a couple of pints.
0: Yeah. Nice open air. Where
1: you're going to have to pee back into that pint.
0: Oof, man. (laughs) How is it that I got to put about fifty ounces into this twenty ounce cup? I'm gonna have three beers. Oh, I know how it is. Some of it's going on my pants. <laughs> I'm gonna have three beers, and I'm gonna trust they're all gonna fit back in this one cup a little later. As I stand here in the middle of the field, it's dark. It's I I, I can't. I'm whatever. I don't know what's happening here. You can't see me. It's the ostrich thing. Oh man, all Collect for a soul, little baby.
1: Yeah. Can't picture myself doing that for Alanis Morissette.
0: <laughs> no, I blame it on I blame it on the Sam Roberts. Right? You and taking i taking too long. You and well, no, you and I took that in first and we were in that little VIP section. Yeah.
1: Right beside the bar.
0: Pisser and beers within like fifteen feet of each other. Yep. Sam Roberts Turn, just drink, over pee. there.
1: Turn drink pee. Yep.
0: <laughs> Actually I'm just starting I just started <laughs> drinking in the in the porta potty, right? <laughs> And then, yeah, oh
1: no, you got to go stand in that field for Collective Soul. Oh no.
0: Oh, but I've already drank eight beers yeah. back there.
1: Thanks for inviting us to your party.
0: Yep. <laughs> who's streaking the quad?
1: <laughs> that was a good show though. A little Collective Soul.
0: It, uh, collective Soul is one of those, it's sneaky good catalog, right?
1: Yep. Yeah. You know, you kind of remember it all. You know it all, right? Oh, you go,
0: so, no, I just know gel. And then yeah. you're like, oh wait, I know that one too. Yep. And that one too. And that one too. And so you're like, yeah, they played, I don't know, 15 songs and I felt like I knew them all.
1: Yep. Like you said, one of (laughs) those sneaky good bands. Uh, We'll wind it down here then, man. Not a bad little Thursday outing.
0: Welcome to it. Yeah. Villa Coleman. I
1: don't know what that means. (laughs) Uh... It means welcome. Oh, that makes sense. Um, Let's get out of here then. Before I make a further (laughs) fool of myself. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Talkie and Audio. Make sure you're following along there. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now. We'll catch you all on uh, Monday morning again. More Rob.
0: You bet. Who doesn't love that? I was in my pants. (laughs)
1: see you all next time. See ya. If y'all ain't got nothing else for me to drink, I'm going to haul ass.
0: No, I'm serious. I'm about to haul ass. If y'all have no better shit than this, to drink, Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at tallcanaudio.com or by searching Tall can Audio on your favorite podcast app.